May the words of my mouth and the meditations of our hearts be always acceptable in thy sight, O Lord, our strength and our Redeemer. Amen. Please be seated. When I was growing up in the Baptist church, there was a hymn I always loved called My Hope is Built on Nothing Less. And the chorus has a great line that goes, On Christ the solid rock I stand, all other ground is sinking sand, all other ground is sinking sand. And I love that line. I think it has direct bearing on our readings this morning. Because these readings that we have today uh, launch the season of Advent. And the theme of Advent is of waiting in expectation. And as we wait in expectation for the coming of Christmas and for the coming of our Lord, his second return, where he'll judge the quick and the dead, we need to ask ourselves, where is it that we put our trust? Where is it that we put our trust? Now, our Old Testament lesson this week from the prophet Isaiah is very interesting to me. It was, delivered against, uh, it was delivered by the prophet Isaiah against the scornful men who occupied leadership in Israel. These men, Isaiah tells us, entered a covenant with death and made a treaty with Sheol. Sheol is the word for hell. Probably what he means by this is that the leaders of Israel had entered into a military alliance with the nation of Egypt. They did this prior to their invasion uh, that ended up causing them to lose their land um, and the temple be destroyed. Um, So they turned to the Egyptians for military security. The problem with this is that God had expressly told them not to make covenants with other nations, that they should look to God for their protection. So whatever security the Israelites thought they had from this treaty that they made with death, with Egypt, it was all in their minds. It was an illusion. It was a facade. Isaiah tells them this. He says, The hail shall sweep away the refuse of lies, and waters shall overflow the hiding place. This illusion will be proven to be foolish in the day of judgment. When the overflowing scourge shall pass through, then ye shall be trodden by it. Yet even in the midst of what sounds like a very harsh judgment that's pronounced against the Israelites, the Lord gives them a promise. Behold, I lay in Zion a foundation, a stone, a tried stone, a precious cornerstone, a sure foundation. While the lies and delusions will be swept away, God will be a refuge, a handhold for the faithful in the midst of judgment. Now, for Christian readers of Isaiah chapter 28 throughout history, this is a passage that's been viewed through a messianic lens. The foundation stone is none other than Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior. St. Paul sees this as speaking to Christ in Romans chapter 9 when he quotes the verse. St. Peter quotes the same verse in 1 Peter 2.6 describing Christ as the church's foundation, while we the members of the church are the living stones that adorn the building. So I think for us today, this passage really challenges us as we begin the Advent season. It really puts that question to us rather starkly, where do we put our trust What we see in Isaiah's words is that it's fully possible for us to lull ourselves into a false sense of security. I mean, really, the history of Israel throughout the Old Testament is one of looking for security in all the wrong places. 
So we see Isaiah finds misplaced confidence in this covenant that had been made with death with the Egyptians. The prophet Jeremiah found that the people of Israel had a false sense of security in their temple, thinking that it would protect them in spite of their unfaithfulness to the covenant. Every time Isaiah or every time Jeremiah would prophesy against the people for their idolatry or their injustice, they would say, well, we have the temple. We have the temple. We have the temple. In Jesus' day, the Pharisees misplaced their confidence in their social status and their commendation from men and their ability to keep the law. We see Paul uh, counter false security in his epistle to the Galatians when he argued against the Judaizers, Jewish Christians, who had misplaced confidence in their Jewish ethnicity and their biological descendants from Abraham. It's easy to point out these examples post-fact, right? It's easy. Hindsight is twenty twenty. But the thing is, we are not that different. We're not that different. Our covenants with death may not be the same as they were in previous generations, but we are certainly just as capable of being lulled into the same false sense of security. As I was preparing this, I was thinking about the, the book Screwtape Letters by C.S. Lewis, where Lewis writes as Screwtape, a, a demon who is uh, mentoring his nephew Wormwood on how to best tempt a new young Christian. And at one point in the book, Screwtape tells Wormwood that the safest road to hell, the safest road to hell is the gradual one, the gentle slope, soft underfoot, without sudden turnings, without milestones, without signposts. Whatever we put our trust in apart from God, the scary thing is we're probably not fully cognizant that that's what we're doing. And that's why we have to beware the siren songs of riches, of political power, of hedonism, or whatever else it is that we're tempted, tempted towards, because they pull us down that road to hell very gradually, very gently, without much fanfare. And in the face of that risk, then, the only counter is to remember the words of St. Paul's exhortation at the end of our Romans reading today. It's high time to awake out of sleep, for now is our salvation nearer than when we believed. The night is far spent. The day is at hand. Let us therefore cast off the works of darkness and let us put on the armor of light. The good news in all of this is that to help us cast off the works of darkness and put on the armor of light, we have a sure foundation stone on which we can do those things. Instead of being lulled into a false sense of security, God in Christ has given us a foundation on which to build. As the foundation stone, Jesus is the only alternative to the facade of false security. You might remember the story at the end of the Sermon on the Mount in Matthew chapter 6, where there are two men and one builds his house on the shifting sands, while the other builds his house on the rock. Of course, when the storm comes, the house on the sand comes crashing down. The house on the rock is able to withstand the storm. Jesus is our foundation. Jesus is our rock. He is the only stable thing on which we can build our houses. And this is true because he is God and man, because he takes away the sins of the world, because he has defeated sin, death, and the devil. And so on this foundation then springs forth a beautiful edifice, which is the church. This precious building is a hospital for the sick. It's the inn that the good Samaritan brought the man he found beaten by the side of the road. 
It's a gym where we train to run the race that's set before us. It's the outpost from which we bring the good news to a dark world that desperately needs it. Our refuge, our only refuge, is in Christ and by extension, his church. And so we're confronted with two options this morning. The first option is that we can continue with the facades of false security. We can become content with whatever covenant with death we've cut for ourselves. We can remain asleep. Maybe this is convenient. Maybe it's the easier choice. Maybe it means fitting in better with our larger culture. But Isaiah tells us where this path ends. It will be swept away in judgment, he says. The second option, the alternative, is that we can listen to Isaiah's exhortation. At the end of the reading, he says, be ye not mockers. Be ye not mockers. What he means is that we shouldn't mock God by settling for the illusions or false sense of security we derive from whatever idol we worship instead of God. Israel mocked God when they turned to Egypt for security because they were saying that God wasn't enough. And when we turn to lesser goods, we're saying the same thing. God's not enough. We need more. Choosing this way, choosing turning to God, choosing to build on the foundation that is Christ on the solid rock, that's how we gain wisdom. That's how we gain life. But it requires us to do work. It requires us to cast the money changers out of the temples of our hearts, just like Jesus cast out the money changers in the temple this morning. It requires us to live by the law of love that St. Paul details in Romans chapter 13. And it's important for us to remember that there's no way for us to do this halfway. There's no third option. There's no middle ground. There's no room to be neutral. We're at the same juncture that the Israelites were in Joshua when Joshua says, choose this day whom you will serve. And so there are three takeaways for us today. The first is that we should, we should always remember that it's possible for us to make a covenant with death. This requires us to be ever vigilant, to be self-reflective, to engage in self-examination, Otherwise, we might step into a trap. But the way that we avoid this trap, the only way we avoid this trap is to keep our eyes fixed on Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior, our firm foundation. And in his light, we begin to see reality for what it is. All other ground is shifting sand. And so we must choose life so that we may live. And this beginning of the church year, this first Sunday in Advent, It's the perfect time to make this choice. And next Sunday will be the perfect time to make this choice. And the following Sunday and every day in between. Choose life so that you'll live. In the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Ghost. Amen.